0: Welcome to Theory of Paranormal. This is Pax. I am here with Dalton and Bonnie. We are doing an exclusive podcast/slash interview with Bonnie on location at the May Stringer House in Brooksville, Florida. So with that being said, welcome to Theory of Paranormal's podcast, Bonnie. Thank you very much. How's your day going today? So far, so good. There you
1: go. How are you doing today, Dalton? Oh, it's good to be home, man. On a regular microphone. There you go. <laughs>
0: Usually, Dalton's out and about doing his thing, and he's, he's uh, usually phoned in.
2: So, oh, okay.
1: So, so yeah, usually I'll call him, and we do our podcast. But I got a head, different headset, so my voice sounds way different. Mm-hmm. So, But when I'm on the road across the country, I, we still can do our podcast.
0: So, uh, Bonnie, we chose to do our first on-location podcast at a location that I would dare say may have a little paranormal activity or a lot. Perhaps. Perhaps. I uh, found out that there's a little thing about the May Stringer house that has been dubbed the most haunted house in the whole state of Florida.
2: That it has. I will not say it's the most haunted, but we're up in the top five for sure. There you go. So
0: what we're going to do at this point is if you can explain a little bit about yourself and how you got involved with Mae Stringer. If you could tell us from the beginning.
2: Okay. Well, back in 2001, I uh, brought my mother here for a day tour. This is early days. This is before Ghost Hunters on TV and the whole nine yards. And it was to entertain her. She was down from Vermont visiting. So we came to the house and we went on the tour. And by the third room, which would be the dining room, I knew I was never going to leave. The house just grabbed me and it did not let go. At the end of the tour, I joined the Museum Association, the nonprofit group that owns this building, and became a tour guide one week later, and I've been doing it ever since. Wow. That's a pretty quick turnaround there. Uh, Yes.
1: (laughs) She said about a third room. (laughs) We didn't even get through the house. The third room. The
2: third room. What was the third room? The dining room.
1: There you go. Yes.
0: So, uh, if you could... Tell us a little bit of the history of of
2: May Stringer, uh, in in, in your opinion. The house has two names, and that's because it was built by two different people at two different times. The first four rooms of the house were built in 1855 by John May. Much later on, Dr. Sheldon Stringer bought the property and added 10 more rooms. It's now a 14-room house, hence the name May Stringer. It's a, it's a common mistake. People think May is the first name, Stringer is the last. It is not the case. Um, the house was put on the National Registry of Historic Places in uh, dating to about 1890. They have, you have to pick a date that you, know, you want the house to represent, and the preservation was done according to that.
0: Okay. And when was the house originally built?
2: The first four rooms, of which you're sitting in one, um, 1855. Oh, wow. So. Right. Quite, before the Civil War. There you go.
1: And this was a plantation, right? Yes, it was. How many acres?
2: Um, 160, I believe.
1: Okay. Interesting.
0: Now, um, <clears throat> as far as it goes with the house, how many owners do you think uh, have had the proprietary of the the house itself throughout the ages.
2: How many owners have had this house?
1: Correct. Since 1855.
2: I don't know them all. Um, It was John May, and there was, uh, after he passed away, his widow remarried Frank Saxon, so he had ownership of the house as well. Uh, The house was sold to someone else, and I don't know the name of that person, and then Dr. Stringer bought it. And uh, after that, the uh, his granddaughter sold the house out of the Stringer family in 1949. It became a rental house from 1950 until it was abandoned in 1974. Wow! It sat vacant until 1979. Then our museum association was formed, our nonprofit all volunteer group. We raised the money and we purchased the property and began the restoration. The house was in very, very bad shape at that point.
0: So with it being in disrepair at the time and abandoned, was there things that were left here discarded? Maybe that were found? No, because
2: it had been a rental for 24 years. Okay. So there was a lot of destruction. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) no, uh, none of the original artifacts. Um, We do have a few that were donated back to the museum um, by people who owned them since they lived here okay. or their families of. so how
1: long, how long did the restoration take to actually get it um, to where it's at now?
2: It took three years to restore enough of the house that it was safe to open to the public. That wasn't the complete restoration. And as you know, with old houses, it's ongoing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We um, recently had to put a new foundation under the house. It was sinking. Um, the original piers were from the 1800s, and there's, you know, bricks on sand, so things were sinking. Um, we, then when they got the house foundation fixed, then the walls were cracking because of the sagging and, and restoration work. It's, it's ongoing. One thing produces the next and the next.
1: And so, you know, being a nonprofit, so all the money that was raised is all donations?
2: All donations and fundraising. That's nice. So <clears throat> as, as far
0: as it goes for you, um, how many would you say artifacts or, or things in the house now at this point in time, do you think? You know, thousands. Ball, ballpark figures, thousands. And they were
2: all donated. We never had the funds to purchase artifacts. And we've tried to put things in the house that are concurrent with the period. Um, so late eighteen hundreds, mid eighteen hundreds, and early nineteen hundreds, we try very hard to just keep it at that.
1: And you do a very good job, let me tell you. It's a very nice house, and for people that can't see the house, they can go on. You have you have a website. Oh yeah.
2: Um, so it's it's under our um, association name. And what's that? Hernando Historical Museum Association.
1: Okay. So they they can go there and check out some pictures of the place? They can see
2: pictures of the house. Okay. Um, we have been on TV once. Nice. Um, Kindred Spirits Adam and, and Amy? filmed here.
1: Yeah. Adam and Amy? I know Adam and Amy yeah. very well. Yeah,
2: they were here. And um, recently, uh, a documentary was filmed here. We'll, we're still waiting for it to hit the airwaves, but uh, we're hopeful. Nice. And, uh, but other than that, social media word of mouth that's you know that's the best advertising and for a nonprofit with no budget for that it's it's been huge for us right it's
0: vital to spread the word absolutely and, and to garner attention and and to get people to come and mm-hmm. uh, donate and see this wonderful museum that's been put together lovingly uh, with a lot takes
2: of takes a lot of love and a lot of work <laughs> yeah
1: and you now, got a lot of and you got a lot of friends in here to keep you on track too
2: absolutely
1: <laughs>
0: so uh please correct me if i'm wrong from my understanding you have some different themed rooms that are in the house
2: themed rooms you said we've tried to make it look like a home okay so you're sitting in the parlor and it's set up and furnished as a parlor Upstairs, uh, the original master bedroom from the 1855 house—we call it the communications room. So, artifacts from that, are, you know, have to do with telephones and early days of communication are all housed in that room, and and the military room, all military artifacts that have been donated over the years are housed in one room. So the doctor's office, same thing. Anything medical is in the doctor's office.
0: Oh, wow. So as, as far as it goes uh, for this location, you do allow individuals and come to do tours of the museum
2: to walk through and see what it's about. Mm -hmm. And you also do ghost tours? We do night sessions. Um, Friday nights, we do a tour from 8 to 10 p.m. And this is for people who are just curious, want to see what it's like, Mm -hmm. Um, have watched a lot of the ghost shows on TV and so forth. Um, And we take them on a guided tour. We tell them about the history of the house, and we also tell them some of the paranormal things that happen. I would never talk about all of them you can't <laughs> no, no. Anyway. Too,
0: too many to list right
2: and that that lasts about the first hour And the second hour we have what I call ghost hunting gadgets um, K2 meters, EMF um, dowsing rods it just things for them to to borrow and take in the house and they get to wander around by themselves mm-hmm. and um, see see if they can pick up something you know it's it's like a little mini ghost hunt.
1: okay, nice.
0: Now, as as far as it goes with uh, that right there, I'll I'll jump on the coattails of that. Is there any individuals or entities or anything, you know, is known with the May Stringer? (laughs) People she
1: she lit up on that one
0: (laughs) (laughs) looked Mm, like the Chester. Chester, Which
2: one do you want to hear about? (laughs) Cat over
0: there smiling, see your face and eyes (laughs) light up. Uh, Is is there anybody that you want
2: to speak to, of or or just uh, in general? Or, well, I this is my personal opinion, Mm -hmm. but I've been hanging out here week in and week out for 21 years, so Mm -hmm. um, I've had some contact with several, but I really think there are about nine of them that choose to be here. Mm-hmm. And and I want to emphasize they choose it. They're not stuck. They like it here. They like it because of the house. They like it because maybe there's an artifact here that meant something to them. Mm-hmm. Um, no telling. But it isn't all just previous residents. With thousands of artifacts in the building, there's energy attached.
1: Yeah, we, we, we actually have a segment of that where we talk about... Um, Energies attaching themselves to objects, and so <clears throat> the the one thing that we always talk about, or that we try to emphasize, first of all, that everything we do on here is our opinions.
2: Mm-hmm. So okay,
1: so there's because
2: that's what you're getting is yes. my opinion, <laughs> and that's all, and
1: that's all we want. So when you say that, that's fine, that's great, okay. because that's how we that's how we put it out there. Okay, this that's why we're called theory paranormal. It's our theory, it's our opinion, it's our experiences. Okay. So um, a lot of these things uh, probably do have attachments, being you have so many items, mm-hmm. because when the when the spirit passes, it's an object that they actually feel comfortable. It's something they feel comfortable with. Right. So if it's here and they're comfortable with that, then obviously they grew comfortable with what you've done with the right. house.
2: And it meant something to them in life. Of mm-hmm. course, it. they haven't changed. They just lost their body. Right. But... They still have feelings and they still feel the same way about things right um, A lot of people don't get that and then they go to an antique store and they buy something and bring it home and next thing they know someone's walking down their hallway at three o'clock in the morning. You
1: know? Well the worst, the worst thing is is when they stand there at a garage sale or something and they go, "I don't know why I got to buy that, but I'm going to buy it then perhaps you shouldn't), shouldn't. <laughs> And then they take it home, and all of a sudden, cabinets are opening. They get poltergeist activity. Yeah, anyway. uh, absolutely. Yeah, John Zaffis, <laughs> man, hes you he ever seen the Haunted Collector? Oh,
2: every every single episode. He's a cool I understand dude. that man very well.
1: He's a cool guy. Yes, I've done he a few. Is. I've done a few investigations with him, and yeah, the stories he can tell, <laughs> the stories yeah. he tells,
2: absolutely.
0: So, uh, here's a loaded question for you, Bonnie. Okay. Is there any experiences that have happened to you throughout the years that you wanted to share?
2: <laughs> any, um,
0: anything that you, that you you do want to talk about? Um, what's your most memorable experience out of twenty? Probably years?
2: the first one. Okay. Okay. And and I talk about that on my tour.
0: Paint paint the picture. Where were you? What year?
2: Uh, what was going? 2001, on? Two thousand one. Okay. Uh, I had been volunteering a mere three weeks. And um, because I was still working full-time, I only did tours on Saturdays. So it's a Saturday afternoon, it's 3 o'clock, and they're ready to close. And I'm sitting in the entryway in one of the three chairs out there. And uh, I sent my 9-year-old daughter upstairs to turn out the lights. And I could hear her sneakers going from room to room. But I heard a second set of footsteps, and these were little shoes. And they were going, pat, pat, pat. And pretty soon, my daughter's sneakers are going really fast. She came flying down the front staircase, looked at me and said, Mama, don't ever make me go anywhere in this house by myself again. I said, I won't. I heard footsteps. She said, never mind that. There was a little girl upstairs trying to grab the back of my leg. Nice. Nice. That was our introduction to the May Stringer. And after that, after the ice was broken... I don't know if it was, like, can you feel that? Mm -hmm. Right now, we're just, we're getting some... Cool energy. Yeah. Whenever I tell that story, this little girl comes up behind me and she... She's playing with my head, my arms.
1: It's funny you say that because the back of my neck is cold, <laughs>
0: <laughs> which is very nice. She loves
2: it. That's her story.
0: It's very warm in here, so it's cooling us
2: off. It is, yes, it see, is. Because <laughs> I was
1: wondering, did somebody turn the air on? And now I'm, I'm thinking, no. we were, we're talking. You
2: would have felt it if it was.
1: You know. Yeah. Well, she's some something's here because I definitely yeah, it's cooling but down.
2: But that was my introduction, and it was shortly afterward that. Um, I was doing a day tour in the dining room and um, teacup. I had a teacup incident. Oh. Yes. And um, there was a a whole exhibit of antique cups and saucers on the sideboard. And I'm standing at the dining room table and I'm talking to a group of six people. And they're across the table from me. And uh, the teacups started moving, all of them. And they were just rattling. And I didn't know what this was because this is early days. Again, I haven't watched any ghost programs. I, you know, mm-hmm. I'm being indoctrinated
1: <laughs> <laughs> You need to get an old school right so, there.
2: <laughs> so I'm thinking to myself, hurry up and say your spiel for this room and move this group on. So I'm talking faster and faster. And the faster I talked, the harder the dishes rattle. And then one teacup went up in the air about eight inches, flipped over, and came back down on the saucer. And that was it. I was all done. And I looked at my guests, and their eyes were bigger than mine. And I said, shall we move on? And they were like, um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we did. And um, that group, I To this day, I don't know if it was me or it was someone in the group. But every room we walked into, as soon as we crossed the threshold, something in that room would fall on the floor, and it happened room after room after room. At the end of the tour, we always come down the front staircase, and at the time, the doctor's office was the last stop, and that's on the left. So I announced, and now we're going to the doctor's office. I turned left, they turned right, went straight out the front door and said, no, we're not, we're done. (laughs) And that was it.
1: So you know and and you do you do allow professional groups to come in and investigate obviously yeah
2: that's our saturday night sessions
1: yes and 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 i've been here for a very long time mhm so just and i've and we've talked about actually may stringer quite a few episodes of of ours because i have been here so much
0: including our experiences that right. have actually happened to us personally
1: so being here so saxon right
2: Frank Saxon. Yeah,
1: served at Perryville, at the Perryville Battlefield. Yes, he did. Okay, let me tell you a little story if you didn't know. So I was telling him, years ago, we were with a group. They used to come here every now and then. And so when, when I fired up my group the first time, we did investigate Perryville Battlefield. And shortly after Perryville, we did the Octagon Hall in South Kentucky. So we went mm-hmm. from Perryville to the Octagon Hall. Um, and on the way home, I turned around and I looked and I said, uh, we need to go investigate Mae Stringer. And they go, why? I said, I don't know, but I got this feeling. We need to go investigate Mae Stringer. So the first time I came here and you told the story on Saxon, and then I think it was the second time you had mentioned he fought at Perryville Battlefield. Yes, he did. So me coming from Perryville, and we talked about this in one of the episodes where, because I asked, how is his energy?
2: He probably rode home with you
1: he probably did. <laughs> he didn't he didn't have to walk from Atlanta, that's for sure, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but um but a, a very weird coincidence. I didn't know if you knew that about me and why I came here mm-hmm. or why I'm drawn here. But I did we did investigate Perryville and something told me to come here. And I've been coming here ever since, but like I said the second time you mentioned him serving in Perryville and that's when my whole team was just like, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Now we know why you want to investigate Mae Stringer. And I said, yeah. And we have gotten a lot of really good evidence in here. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be coming back, you know, to start coming back. And it's a very
2: popular spot for groups, especially if they have new members and they want to take them on an investigation where they're sure to get something.
1: Well, not even the surety of getting something. Um, the reason I brought a lot of our new members here, because I know that they stay here. They don't try to follow them home. There's not an attachment. They, they give us what we want. They allow the new, the new team members to be able to use equipment and see what's happening mm. and be able to go home safely. Right. That, that was one of my biggest things about coming here was I could bring certain people here knowing they're going to be okay.
2: Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's nice to hear. Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So just out of curiosity, um, before you started any involvement with Mae Stringer, the hubbub of the paranormal and spiritualism and all that stuff, was that something you ever gave a thought to before or you kind of maybe had an opinion on? Or was it when you came here, Mae Stringer kind of changed it all for you?
2: Mae Stringer ended up being what it is but my entire life um my mother used to call it feminine intuition okay <laughs> and i'm sure we've I, it. Un- I unknowingly predicted a few things when i was younger and they came true and they were not particularly good and i asked my mother i think i was maybe 15 at the t- at the time and i said she says, "Don't say it out loud anymore." I said, "What?" She goes, "Your feminine intuition. Don't say it out loud, and it might not happen." And that's all she would say. That was all those years ago. Hmm. So,
1: it's, so do, do 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 you feel like um like you're sensitive in a way that that I mean, being that I mean, we're not going to say that you're gifted, but Intu- no, I'm
2: not. Well, well, <laughs> in, in any way, <laughs> in, in,
0: intuitive.
1: Yeah, like us, like we, like. Like I talk about in some of our podcasts about everybody has a sensitivity. It just depends on how much it is.
2: Exactly. Right. Exactly. We all have it.
1: We all have to it. To a degree. Right. And so people don't know, like and if they walk, let's say they never knew this this house is haunted, but they just walk in because they like the older stuff.
2: And, and their hair stands on end and mm-hmm. they're like, whoa. Or they see <laughs>
1: something or they hear something exactly. that nobody else hears or sees. So we talk about it all the time that everybody has a sense. It's just how turned on is it? Exactly. So some have higher sensitivity, mm-hmm. some have next to none, and mm-hmm. some are in the middle. Some people in the middle don't even realize why things are happening.
2: No, they, they blame a lot on coincidence, and that's fine.
1: That's fine. Yeah. And, we, and, and it's, it's like we always say, and like I've told you before, we're not here to change nobody's mind we're just here chatting about what, we, what we've what we experienced and, right. and how we've seen it.
0: Now, is there a particular favorite memory that you've had within the whole time that you've experienced and, and done what you've done with Mae Stringer?
2: I had two instances, and for some reason it just popped into my head. This is from 20 years ago. Is
0: that a coincidence? <laughs> is that your feminine <laughs> intuition or was it?
2: <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> the um, w- early days, we were trying to put together ghost tours, and okay. we didn't know what we were doing. And I started the whole thing off by inviting someone from the Tampa Tribune, okay. and uh, some people I knew were mediums, and just just a group. And we ha- we had to get together here, and so, and so on, and so forth. Anyway, it was early days, and I we hadn't really kicked it into gear yet, and we went to see Murray Silver. He is from Savannah, and he does a lot of ghost stuff up in Savannah. Well, he was talking down in Ybor at one of the cigar factories, and anyway, we're there, and after the t- uh, lecture was over, I was in the parking lot waiting for the group, and this very tall, redheaded lady comes storming up to me across the parking lot. And she goes, I did not appreciate you and what you were doing in there. And I had no idea who she was. And uh, she says, I don't know you. I just moved here from Texas, but you interfered with, I couldn't hear what Murray was saying because I'm getting all of this noise from you. And she says, I don't know. I've never been to a place called Brooksville. I I have no idea about this old house you're all about, but you helped build it. And she turned around and walked away left me standing there like dumbfounded. That was the first one.
1: Wow, that's interesting.
2: A month later, we went to one of the first ghost conventions in Savannah, and it was the same group. And um, in between lectures... There was a lady, and she was sitting on a bench, and she waved to me to come over and see her. Um, It was hard for her to get up, so I went over, and she said, "Um, I'm from Texas, and I've never been to Florida, but I know that you are all about this house in Brooksville. And she says, I I got a message that it's urgent that I tell you you were not John May's wife. Boom. That was it. Two, two instances within a month of each other. And this is early days when I, I don't even know what's going on yet, you know.
0: Yeah, right. well, the Internet was pretty new. Yeah. And unless it was uh, licking a stamp and putting a letter in the mail, you're not going to really talk to people unless it's in person. Right, right. That's, that's definitely interesting.
1: Yeah, so, uh, Pax, um, the biggest question I have for you is, what was one of your experiences in this house?
0: Actually, it's twofold. I can't get away with just one. Uh, The first time I used a a ghost box, as it's called, Mm -hmm. or spirit box, Uh, headphones on, kind of a cassette tape player that was made to jump between the frequencies like you're in the car scanning radio stations. And the little girl's name that's here, what's her name, Bonnie? Jessie May. Jessie May. And I... Ended up just saying out loud, I was standing right outside this window to your right, right here on the porch. It's probably about 9.30 at night. And I said, if you're here, Jesse, let me, let me, uh, you know, give me some sort of indication that you're here with me or just say hi or whatever. And clear as day in stereo, I heard a little girl giggle. And that was my first ever uh, ghost box interaction with anybody from the other side and it blew my mind away because i was like wow you know this this
2: she doesn't take to men usually so there's something about your personality she liked
0: so i'm I'm very lucky for that experience and the other thing was and now with me saying that for some reason my body's getting chills all over and my hair standing up my arms now (laughs) um the other thing is is i was in the military room downstairs and I had a uh, K2 detector with me for EMF readings. I had a temperature meter also with me that could gauge the ambient temperature. And uh, it was the summertime, so it was super hot. And to try to cool it off, the window was open down uh, on the back wall there. And I remember saying specifically, uh, if anybody's here... You know, try to drop down the temperature a little bit, please. And it was like, I seriously think it was like 88 degrees. I mean, it was hot, almost 90 degrees. And so I said, change the temperature if you can. And so I just held the temperature gauge in my hand. And I start watching it drop incrementally by one degree until it went all the way down to 72 degrees when the ambient temperature is 88 degrees. Wow. <laughs> now I can move that temperature gauge all around me and it's still 88 degrees, but directly in front of me, cause I'm sitting on the floor Indian style, legs crossed cause I was in a group about the size of a basketball directly in front of me only was a cold orb. And then I said, okay, can you make it go back up? And then I watched it start increasing the temperature back up again. And then I was like, okay, thank you. And, you know, it's one thing to have a coincidence, but it's another thing to have an intelligent uh, experience that can interact and on demand, or not demand, but on asking, have something go with the way that you're asking. And, you know, there was no disputing that because... At the time the power was turned off the window was open it was hot nobody there was no ac nobody had any water or any type of liquids there was no way to influence the environment whatsoever so those were my two experiences here dalton that really put may stringer on the map for me to say hey there's there's definitely a lot of things going on here i can understand having one experience maybe as a one-off but to have two definitive experiences and one night like that, that just really made me go, wow.
1: Yeah, I think, I think the best um, in <clears throat> investigating here, we've had m- multiple experience from um, basically purple shadow figures, out, you know, shadow mist outside the door of the child's room, mm-hmm. uh, Jesse May's room here. Plus, we we're going to ask about the dolls. I want to ask about the dolls here. Mm-hmm. Um, the babies. Yes, the ones you're not supposed to touch. Mm-hmm. So um, also the black shadow figure in front of the phone booth upstairs we caught on 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 a camera um but I I, I want to say like I've had so many experiences in here but the one I'm probably never gonna forget and I believe uh, one of y'all's investigators here has the recording but we were in Jesse May's room and there was an incident with the kids one one was fell off the balcony or something right okay that was Jesse Jesse right so that so Jesse's from the first marriage.
2: Jesse, no, she was from uh, Frank Saxon and Marina May, John May's widow.
1: Okay, and then the other two were from the. There was three the kids. Two,
2: the two girls were John and Marina's two daughters.
1: Okay, so so what I was doing was I was questioning for some reason standing in that room. This whole episode of her falling off the balcony came to. My mindset. And I had a, um, a mail meter sitting on the floor and before I knew it, the mail meter is usually at a 0.1, 0.2 as a base reading. That's the base reading of pretty much everything. This thing was like at 2.6. Right there. And the whole this is the funny thing because we're investigating. Nobody notices it. I happened to walk by and look down and I see it sitting at 2.6 and I was like, wait a minute, people, uh, there's somebody here. So we went in, started long story short, we started investigating. I had this person didn't know if it was a child or an adult. Um, this person started moving the meter up and down for me. That way I knew I was dealing with an intelligent haunt, not some kind of residual or an imprint, which are the three types of haunts we, we know that we deal with. Um, I started talking about her falling off the balcony. Well, what I did was something kept telling me she was pushed from another child. So I was questioning. So finally I, I questioned that, are, are you the children? And where I had them adjust that millimeter, meter to told me, yes, I'm talking to the children. And for a while, as I was saying, why do I get the feeling you pushed her off the balcony? This was not an accident. And one of your investigators was up there with us. And all of a sudden, from across the hall, that other bedroom across the hall there, we heard this loud mumble, like, like a disembodied voice with our own ears. So I said, wait a minute. I said, Do y'all hear that? And they're like, yeah. I said, we need to stop right here. Just stop. So you had two more people that work here. We're sitting right here in in the entryway. I leaned over the staircase. I said, did y'all phone go off or did y'all hear that noise? And the guy was like, we didn't hear nothing and our phones are on mute. I said, you didn't hear that? And he's like, no, we did not. So we played it back. And again, long story short, we were trying to figure out what this entity was saying. And come to find out, he yelled out, this could have been Saxon, yelled out, it was an accident. Clear as day.
0: So with, with Dalton saying that, Bonnie, does that make any sense to anything? Or does that give clarity to maybe well, some things that have
2: happened? historically, Historically, uh, after Jesse May died, um, Frank remarried. Uh, his wife refused to live in this house. She wanted something larger and grander than this because it was still a four-room house. And they moved there, and they had seven boys. No more girls. But they named one of the boys Jesse. And I think that he never got over that. Uh, to this day, the the full-bodied apparition that we frequently catch on the second-floor porch here on the old part of the house, that's Frank. And he I think he's standing where she went over. I really do. And I figured... It, i didn't I always thought it was an accident, but because he wasn't paying attention, she was three. You don't put a three year old on a balcony no you know so I always thought he felt bad because he lost his only daughter
1: now i don't I don't know like the sentence I got when I was doing this investigation here was that the kids were out there playing basically, and she fell over so they were pretty much telling me. That it was a push. And that's what drew him because I said, Oh, so you did push her. It was somewhere along those words. I don't quite remember. But if he if you can get I forget the name that was here with me, I forget his name. If I could remember and see if he still has the recording. I had it, but somebody kind of walked off with my camera and that tape was in the camera. Oh, so I'm I lost that evidence. Um but I'm thinking that, you know, being that I was being pushed to say that she was pushed. I believe that was Jesse communicating with me, telling me what happened. And then I believe Saxon didn't like it and pretty much yelled out, it was an accident. I mean, like sternly, like, like he was just like, I've had enough. It was an accident, you know, kind of thing. And that probably tops all the evidence that I've ever gotten. Well, I'm
2: sure he thought you crossed the line there.
1: And, 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 and and I, and I always tell you, I try not to. I try to respect the house. Right. And when I left here that night, I told him I was sorry because this is me. I'm, I, there's more, and Pax can tell you, and you probably already know, there's more to me when I investigate than just equipment. Right. I hear things. I sense things. And I'm going to play off of that because that's why I'm here. That's the whole reason. And you know as well as I do, as, as long as I've been coming here, we we've, we've been pretty close to almost getting them to tell us where they're buried, because I guess that's a mystery, right? It's still a mystery. Right, and we've been this close. And it's like every time we had a person, we had an entity in the military room was giving us hints by the big tree, by this. Now, I got a picture of spirits in the tree out there. Uh, One being a bearded, bald-headed guy in a set of overalls with a flannel shirt, you know, sitting up in the tree. So... They, and once it was like he, as soon as he mentioned the big tree, everything went quiet. It's like the main person in here just said, shut up. Yeah. Do not say no more. So I'm still, it's, it's my goal <laughs> to come here and find out where they were buried at because I know that would probably change a lot of things here.
0: Because we are going to be coming back here next year to actively do a – Investigation, so maybe we can try to
1: get an answer. Well, you
2: have you have several avenues to pursue, don't you? (laughs) Yes,
1: I do, and and I'm pretty sure the guy smiling at me at the second floor window down here when I pulled up, I got him on picture because I basically took a picture to put it on Facebook to let people know where I'm at, and I did something told me to start scrolling the windows, and here's a guy right off the bat smiling at me out the window, like, oh, you're back, you're back. (laughs) And the whole time I've been talking about this, my back is cool and it gets warm and then it's cold again. And mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they know, I'm sure they know me pretty well.
2: I'm sure they do.
1: <laughs> and again, I do not I don't ever, ever, ever want to disrespect any spirit no matter where I'm at because there is a consequence to that. And you never want to know what that is, but there is a consequence to it. But I think the fact that Mr. Saxon... Is probably the one that drew me here, and yeah, he might have been a little upset, but I don't think he was like totally mad at me about it. Because how in the world are you sitting there doing investigation? All of a sudden, I go from, "Wow, you know, we're 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 talking about, man, it's nice weather outside." Oh, that girl got pushed off the balcony.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and that's how it comes to you.
1: It is. Yeah, and you know, so very. It's that that'll be unless something else tops that in the future. That's probably. On the number one that's number one for me there you go.
2: and the next time you come, it could be a completely different scenario. could be could be different spirit could be different circumstances it, you never know. the main stringer one one psychic came here and she was pretty good. and believe me, we've hosted good ones and bad ones. and she looked at me and she goes, this is like Grand Central Station for spirit says they're they. Arriving and taking off constantly on the second floor hallway. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And uh, I've seen uh, like hair raising incidences on the second floor hallway.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, I would like to think because you've been here for such a long time and you do what you do for the house itself, that the comfortability factor and the openness and trust to you. Mm-hmm. would be obviously way more extended than what is going to be to just an average individual just passing exactly. through.
2: I've, I, I have a lot of jobs here, as you know.
1: Wear many uh, hats.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm secretary on the board of directors and I'm director for the night sessions and I do all the reservations and tours. and But my most important job is I'm the cleaning lady. I'm in and out of here several mornings a week by myself I love it because they're just they're just all about me you know and um, one night a lady came in to start an investigation and she just turned around and looked at me and she goes they want me to tell you that it's sparkly clean in here
1: <laughs>
2: she goes what the hell does that mean?" <laughs>
1: Sparkly clean.
2: I said, "I'm the cleaning lady, so they're approving of the work I'm doing."
1: <laughs> well, you do you do keep it you keep it nice and clean, and I will say that for people that you know ain't here can't see what we're seeing, but this place is always top notch.
0: Yeah, I mean, this if if you were to walk in to the May Stringer House right now, exactly how it is, everything looks to be for the age of what the different items are, pristine condition. Um, it's a museum. Everything looks. Of the period, nothing is weathered or worn down. I mean, it's 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 really immaculate. Well, there are spots, and
2: I know where everyone is because I clean the place. But um, it's it's a constant. You know that movie, The Money Pit. Mm-hmm. That's what this house is because yeah. it it constantly needs restoration work. Sure, but in the meantime, we can keep it as nice as possible. You know, for the public.
1: And just to know, too, that, you know, when you go to a museum, most museums are full of glass cases. Um, what what makes this, this home feel like home is all this merchandise, not merchandise, but basically all the items here are out of, they're not in a case. They're just sitting here like you walk into somebody's house. It's, yeah.
2: it's like someone's living here. No, no right. bubble wrap, no, no plastic. Well, there anything. is, there <laughs> is,
1: there is people living here. Yes,
0: there is. <laughs> Multiples. <laughs> so here, here's a question for you, since you've been doing this for so long, uh, Bonnie. Uh, obviously, you know you're the head individual that takes care of everything on a daily basis. Um, I'm sure cleaning wise, cleaning
2: wise. Don't get me in trouble with our president now.
0: <laughs> well, but. Um, Has there been individuals that have came to try to help out and then experiences have happened and they were like, it was was a pleasure knowing you like in in one day and then the next day they're like, I'm leaving. Not (laughs) even.
2: Same day. Same day. Same day. We did a quilt show here several years ago and local families loaned us their family quilts Ah. and we had them on stretchers in every room and we... It was like an open house, so people could come in and and look and wander through instead of a guided tour. And we had a brand-new volunteer her first day. So she arrives, and she gets assigned to be in the kitchen. Now, there were two quilts in the kitchen, and standing next to the older quilt was a lady, and she's wearing a long gown, and her hair is up in a bun, and she's smiling and she points at the quilt and says this one's mine and then she just fades away nice well that new recruit turned around came right back through told the lady in charge at the door she said you never told me this place is haunted i'm out of here so she quit the day she started
1: mm. <laughs> I, I mean i've i've seen it that's when you well, just
0: that's when you look and say well, it is May Stringer House. It's a home.
2: Yeah, so, really? You know? <laughs> well, I I just wanted to chase her out the door saying, wait, people pay a lot of money to see what you just saw. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. You didn't get a photo. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I think you should give us a couple hundred bucks for that. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> should donate to the cause. There you go. <laughs> That's there funny. Go.
2: That's happened several times.
0: So if... There's anything that you could tell anybody right now about Mae Stringer, if you wanted them to take away anything at all to always remember, what would you want to tell the listeners out there?
2: First and foremost, it's the history. This house embodies a time period that can never be replaced. And that's why we work so very hard to keep it up and keep the doors open and keep the restoration going. Um, First and foremost, it's the history of the area, but also uh, for the next generation coming up. If they don't see it here, they're never going to see it, and it's gone forever. Right. So that that's our priority is to educate uh, the public, and it's just a swell bonus that we're haunted too. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's it's
1: an added feature. Yeah,
2: absolutely.
1: Um, so this this was this the. So this is like a staple of the town, this house. Would you say that?
0: A fixture, meaning it's it's known. Everybody knows where the May Stringer house is. Um, That's well, lived here.
2: Well, s- recently, in, yeah, it's, it's better recently with social media. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people have come here for a tour that stumbled across it mm-hmm. and said, I've lived in Brooksville for 30 years. I didn't know it was here. Wow. Because it just looks like a house in a neighborhood. Right. But this is it's situated in the historic district and once you you see it and i mean actually pay attention to it it's it's imposing it's four stories high with the tower mm-hmm. so it's unique to the area um, but until we started getting famous for the ghost tours um, we weren't that well known
1: that's kind of that's kind of a because to me i mean Brooksville don't seem that big to me but it would kind of, I mean, if I moved to a town and I seen an older 1800s style home, I would automatically assume that that's that's got to be the staple of the town because mm. not only the history.
0: But it stands out. It doesn't look right. like everything else that's around it. So.
2: Yeah. And, and but but there's a whole area right here in uptown Brooksville that, these homes are historic. Historic, yeah. and
0: as far as it goes, speaking of the historic aspect, what year did did May Stringer hit the historic registry?
2: Oh gosh, way before my time. Um, <laughs> there's a certificate somewhere. I I want to say late '80s or early 1990s.
0: Okay.
1: And so- and, and the uh, the other thing was so. Like I remember, one time we tried to go do research, and it was—is it you said that the library burnt down or something with all the documents? Courthouse. Courthouse. Okay.
2: Um, that's why we don't know about Jesse's cause of death. Um, she died in 1872, and the courthouse burned a couple times, but the first time it was built out of wood, and a lot of records went with it.
1: Hmm. It's kind of and and how long after her death did that happen? About a year. Okay. You so know,
0: it's interesting you said the corn house burnt down a couple times, maybe mm-hmm. once, but to hear something happen repeatedly. Right, that's what I'm well, saying,
1: though.
2: Is that- uh, in those days, they didn't have water in yeah. town, okay? So all the homes were built out of wood. So if one house caught on fire, yep, and that's what happened a couple times.
0: Yeah, unless you got the horse wow. and buggy. Yeah. So and
2: I don't, you know, I I don't know that much about Brooksville history as mm-hmm. much as right. The, I'm just usually I'm just concerned with the, the house here. No, that's mm-hmm.
1: understandable because cause my thing, you know, like when we do investigations, we like to go try to gain as much knowledge as we can mm-hmm. so we're not walking in here. I, I don't mind walking in here blind because of what I do and how I do it. They're going to tell me what's going on anyway. Um, so... The one thing that I've noticed because that I've always been kind of uh, curious why there's never a real photo of the wife in here. I've never seen one.
2: Of who, which wife?
1: The original owner.
2: I don't know that maybe there might have been a picture of her sometime, but we don't have it, or John May either.
1: Right, and that's always...
0: Well, that's that goes hand in hand usually right. with, you know, right. a resident. Now we have or,
2: that's Frank Saxon, the picture here on the wall, right? You um, see and him. we have Doctor Stringer.
1: Yeah, you see them, but you don't see.
2: I've never seen a picture of Marina May, hmm.
1: Hmm.
2: and she was instrumental. She after John died, she was a widow and she took care of the whole plantation. So she was a patri- nine years. She was before. a patriarch
0: of everything going on, taking care of.
2: Yeah, things. she ran the whole show. Mm-hmm. Um, during the war, and um, it wasn't until the war was over when Frank Saxon returned to Brooksville, and then they got married. Hmm. Um, but all those years in between, she she did everything herself.
1: And you would figure, being a prominent lady like that, there would you be, would think there would be, be, be a pictures. photo. <laughs> and <laughs> I,
2: I'm sure somebody somewhere might have one. I just I've never seen it.
1: It's just it's here, here's all right. So just a quick rundown, right, on my thought process because somebody's ticking in my head right now. Mm-hmm. Um, let me just put this out there: Jesse May passes year later. Courthouse burns, no records, and no photos. You see where I'm going with this? <laughs> Coincidence. <laughs> this, these these are the things. Now now that you know we've actually sat here and. I don't think me and you've ever had a conversation like this Mm-mm. and I've never sat down and talked to you about any of my experiences here or what I've picked up only because I want to make sure what I'm telling you is, is going to be somewhat factional as far as, you know, what I'm getting. Right. So it's, it's just kind of, I guess, a news feed to you to learn these things that constantly hit my mind when I walk in this building.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Why is that? You know, why are those three things? Good
2: question. Is, is I have no answer. Is there ever anything
0: that you've heard from people that are strangers from one another over the years, but they will convey something to you that you either knew or they all are saying, but separately, but it's the same type of information besides being, you know, oh, I interacted with a spirit, but like, you said you hosted uh, empathic individuals or, or mediums. or
2: Right. A lot of groups bring a, a medium with them mm-hmm. to get a reading right. on the house, mm-hmm. that sort of thing.
0: Do any of them ever say something along the lines that are similar to somebody else? So that way you're seeing a, a pattern.
2: Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like a pattern um, of something. They all agree that... There's a lot going on and a lot of them describe it as layers of energy mm-hmm. and when they before they walk through that front door, they have to what I call steel themselves they have to put mm-hmm. the shields up whatever, mm-hmm. however you want to describe it right because they get slammed with it the mm-hmm. minute they walk in
1: mm-hmm. so, I, I did walk in the back door I always even even coming on the property as soon as I made that turn, my chest started tightening up. that's
2: they didn't tell you to get the hell out of here, did they? No,
1: they no. invited okay. me in went up when I walked to the back door. It was like they seen an old a old, old friend, yeah, okay, I mean good. i felt I felt like I was embraced actually, and it's uh, but sitting here, walking in here, and sitting here the whole time, you know and and I and just personally, so you know, I don't put no shields up I, I want you to. Do whatever you want to do. But you don't need to. Right. A
2: lot of people do.
1: See,
0: I've been relaxed all the time. Like I'm at a picnic just hanging out. Yeah. You know, it's right. I don't for me, I haven't felt anything to where it's like. So I have
2: to tell you about one of the most fun ones I've ever done. Okay, We had a group coming from Orlando. It was their first investigation ever. Mm -hmm. All of them. Why they picked the May Stringer for their first one, I do not know. Mm. So they arrive, and my partner and I are sitting in the entryway, as we always are. And um, the leader of the group is about seven feet tall, weighs about 300 pounds, big guy, big guy. So he comes walking down the porch, and he opens the front door, and he puts one foot across the threshold. I'm standing next to the organ. There's a plaque on the organ, and it goes flying right by me and slams into the newel post for the stairs. And his eyes got really big, and he looks at me, and he goes, what do you you think that means? And I kept a deadpan look on my face. I said, they don't like you.
1: They don't like you. (laughs) (laughs) They just said...
2: The poor guy, I thought he was going to pee his pants right there on the spot, and he sweat profusely the rest of the night. And really, I shouldn't have done that. (laughs) We finally... (laughs) The other girl is sensitive like I am to a degree anyway. Mm-hmm. And so things kept happening. We kept hearing big bangs where we I thought a piece of furniture fell over. I mean, it was all night long. They were tormenting him. And finally, we had to ask them to back off because these poor kids just, they were so overloaded. They did. It calmed down after that. But we had to ask them to stop because they were just going to town on these kids.
1: Well, you know, they gotta they gotta laugh too, right? It's gotta be fun for them.
2: It was highly entertaining for them. They were they were really doing a number on these guys.
1: You know, and that's um so one of the questions I had a little while ago was tell us about the cradle and the dolls.
2: Oh, the baby. Yes. You don't call it a doll.
1: Oh the baby, I'm sorry. The baby.
2: baby. The baby belongs to a little girl, and I think she's about six. It is not Jessie May. Everybody makes that mistake. Mm-hmm. It's not her doll. This doll predates the Civil War. She's very one of the oldest artifacts we have, and she's fragile to the point where even lifting her up, pieces fall off her. So, it's we're very very uh, careful, and we if it, this is a no touch museum, obviously, but she's the biggest no touch of all. And we've had instances where people investigating took it upon themselves to touch the doll, try to pick up the doll, and then ugly things happen. And that little girl can really bring um, some terror down on you.
1: Well, she's that old. Or <laughs> that, can young, only, uh, no. that young. Well, you know what I mean, though. If, if, but if you if got it, to
2: think, especially with, with baby dolls,
1: mm-hmm.
2: that... In those days, a child was lucky if she had one toy. Yeah. So that all of her love and affection and attention were poured into this d- baby doll.
0: That's a lot of residual energy.
2: And if she died at a young age, and I think she died when she was about six. Right. Then this is even more precious to her. That
0: doll probably right there with her, too.
1: Yep. Yeah. I accidentally, one time we was in there and... Of course, we do it. We investigate in the dark. So I didn't realize how close to the cradle I was. And so I was backing up, and I turned my hand like that, and I bumped the cradle, and it rocked a little bit. And I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was well, like, at
2: least you said you were sorry.
1: Yeah. Well, like I said, I try to respect them here. But it was, uh, you know, but, yeah, that, that's an interesting deal. And, and it's hard. I mean, you, you're going to get people in here that are going to want to touch things. It's just, they're like a kid in a candy store.
0: Human nature, unfortunately.
2: Yeah.
1: And it's sad. Yeah. It's sad, but... Uh, but
2: I think dolls are one of the most haunted of all things.
1: Sure. Porcelain dolls were used when the spirit, when the people passed away, they, they transformed their spirit from the body to a doll. Energy-wise. Energy-wise. So that way they can keep, the, you know, keep them living. Mm-hmm. Um, hence the doll in the Key West... Which was written off Robert. The, yes. <laughs> Robert. Which was, you know, they made Chucky after that.
0: <laughs> I'm starting to see Bonnie is very knowledgeable of these things, even she though is. she plays very quiet and oh, no, polite. No, no,
1: I? I know she's not. That's why I don't mind talking to her because she knows what I'm talking about.
0: <laughs> well, Miss Bonnie. Me and Dalton of Theory of Paranormal definitely appreciate your time and understanding today, and giving us the opportunity to uh, come down and meet you in person and do this podcast at May Stringer House in Brooksville, Florida.
1: Yes, yeah, it's, it's, um
2: I'm glad you came. Uh, we will see you in April, and um, a lot of people. When they're now, it's it's a current thing with investigators. They live stream. Is that what they call it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, So if if you have that capability, feel free to do that.
1: Oh, that's nice because before we kept it right. under wraps. So if you're right. allowing that, yeah, we'd love to. Yeah.
2: Well, it's it's all over. You yeah. know, I mean, it's you you can't say, all right, you can't do that anymore.
0: What's the, what's <laughs> the saying? Any publicity is good publicity. Pretty much. There
1: and if go. if you had people listening, like the people listening to our podcast, if they wanted to make donations. To you, where would they go? To the museum. Yes.
2: Um, They could go to the website. There's a donation spot on the website somewhere. I'm not tech savvy, I'm sorry.
1: That's okay. So
2: it's Hernando Historical Museum Association. And we're on Facebook all over the place. They have the ghost tours, and they have Ghost Fest, and they have... uh, May Stringer Museum, I mean, it's under several different things. with Pages, I think they call them. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's a lot of that on Facebook. And also, um, you can just make a donation through Facebook, I think.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll check it out. I'm, I, I'm so, out of my depth
2: here. So, <laughs> for
0: anybody wanting to get a hold of the May Stringer and, and do any of that, just research May Stringer right. House. Brooksville, Florida, and then you'll be able to find the main website and go from there. Right. And
1: I so, encourage. I mean, I encourage people to uh, to send donations twenty dollars, fifty dollars, whatever, because this place is amazing, and and it's
2: hugely expensive to maintain. <laughs> yes, I can. Yep.
1: I can imagine that.
0: So, me and Dalton appreciate your time, Bonnie. Yes, and thank you. That is all we have, and as we say in theory paranormal, don't be afraid to ask questions. <laughs> thank you. And thank you.